turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Oh, it's Pastor Dudley Rutherford here on SoCal Live. So excited to be with you here today. I am a senior pastor at Shepherd Church over in Porter Ranch, California. And uh, you know they've been having guest hosts uh, each and every day, and it's uh, my turn to be here today and tomorrow. And I think everybody knows I love KKLA and uh, our church. My sermons are here every uh, evening at 7 o'clock p.m., and we always want to invite you to come back in uh, 7 o'clock and tune into one of our sermons, our messages. But uh, I, I am, you know, anytime I get asked uh, to come on air and to host, it, it is a privilege and an honor. Part of that is I just believe uh, in the power of, of radio and television and knowing that this very moment that there is someone who's listening that God before the before the creation of the world he had he knew that I would be sitting behind this mic and he knew that you would be listening whether you're listening on the internet or if you're at home or if you're driving on the freeways uh in San Diego or Los Angeles but God knew that we would be here together for these next few moments and I, I, I have a couple of guests here uh, with me today, and uh, their names are Derek Lopez and Caleb Walden. I want you both to say hello real quick. Uh, Derek, how you doing? I'm doing great, Pastor Dudley. How you doing? I'm good. And Caleb? I'm doing good. How y'all doing? I, I, I'm so good, and um, uh, this, this is a very important time uh, for anyone who's listening, for our nation. Um, the Bible makes it very clear that everyone is supposed to serve their own generation. And I, I, I've been a pastor here. You guys know this. Um, I, I do want – this is kind of an important factor, this entire conversation we're getting ready to have here on the radio. Both of these gentlemen are 24 years of age. Basically, they're babies, if I could, if I could be blunt. Um, you guys aren't babies, but you're young men, uh, age 24. There was a time where I hosted this show, and I had I had I brought in three young ladies. Uh, one of them was my daughter. Might have been even four of them, and they were all uh, 19, 20, 21, 22 years of age. And the topic that day with these girls on KKLA was, you know, how to how to keep yourself pure in the city in which we live, because all four of these these young ladies were were pure and and uh, you know facing the culture that we live in. Uh, it's it's very difficult. But today. I wanted to get a couple young guys in here, and um, so it's your turn to, to, to share and to talk with our listeners about um, serving your own generation. And I'm not, I don't want to be critical, I'm, uh, trust me, I am not being critical, but um, I, as, as I listen to KKLA, and, and I'm like all of you, I listen like almost every day, and I'm on the radio myself, I, I'm, again, I'm here every, every night at 7 o'clock. But I am, I'm in my 60s. I, I don't want to tell you exactly how old I am, but I am 63, so you know. But, uh, again, I'm not being critical, but most of our, our speakers and the people that are on the air, and really, truthfully, most of the people that are listening here are probably uh, in, the, in the upper generation as far as age goes. 
I, I looked this up today, and I love I, – I can't tell you how much I love these guys. But Dr. David Jeremiah, he's 80 years of age. He's 80. Still, He's, he's doing more than all three of us will yeah. ever do in our lifetime. John MacArthur's age 82. Jack Haver's 87. Chuck Swindoll is almost 90 years old. He's wow. 87. Alistair McBeg, 69. Greg Laurie, 68. He's almost 70. Franklin Graham, this is the son of Billy Graham. He's 69 years of age. And I, I look at those gentlemen, I look at myself, I throw myself in there. Uh, I, again, I've been here for 35 years in this city, the city of Los Angeles. And you guys, you young kids here, these, I call them kids, they're 24. <laughs> I, I, I have a burden for this city. I, it's why I live here. It's why I moved here. It's why I've stayed here with all the problems that we have. But I, I, look, at, I look at the two of you, and, and, and I just wanted our listeners to hear from a couple of young young, dynamic, godly men that are basically in their 20s. they just barely in their 20s. They're, they're 24. They're, they're babies. Is anybody listening to me out there? Uh, and, and I just wanted, I wanted you to share uh, just for a few moments um, because it's difficult to even find a young man in their 20s that are serving God today. And so, uh, Caleb, I'm going to start with you. I, I, I probably know you better than I know Derek, but both of you, be, to be fair, you both go to our church, Shepherd Church, okay. over in the San Fernando Valley. How long have you been living for the Lord? And, and give us just kind of a, a, a brief synopsis of, of, your, of your young life, Christian life. How long I've been living for the Lord? I, I'd say I'm 24 now when I was 15, so about nine years since I've been serious. I grew up in church my whole entire life. My dad's a pastor at Shepherd. Uh, my mom's the worship director there. And I loved being at church, but I never loved – I didn't love the sermons. I didn't really – I never felt close to God most of my life. And so I would say about 15 years old is when I got serious about it. I, I liked this girl who uh, – she was real serious about church. So I was like, I think I'm going to try to be serious about church, see if I can maybe get her to like me. And she, that, that didn't work out. Um, but while I was kind of trying to go to services and have something to say to her, um, I just went to the service, um, and Dusty Frizzell, my youth pastor, said, he said, man, if you, if you seek God with everything, you will find him. James 4, 8, come close to God. God will come close to you. When I was 15, I heard that sermon. From then on, I just, every single day, I tried to seek God. He told me, read a proverb every day. He said, there's 31 proverbs, never more than 31 days in a month. He said, do that to seek God every day, and I did that. And since then, it's been, a, would say, kind of, mostly upward motion, just seeking God, getting to know him more. And that, that was really when it started. And that's kind of in high school, how my faith got its foundation. All right, great story, Derek. Yeah. When I was uh, 17 years old, that's when I first accepted Christ into my heart. And grow, I grew up Catholic, actually. And, you know, I, I went to a Catholic school my whole life. And I remember we had moved, we used to live in Studio City. And then we, we moved over to West Hills. And uh, we, we woke up late for mass that day. And my mom said, well, you know what? We might have woke up late for Mass, but we're not skipping church. And she said, there's actually a, a, a church nearby called Shepherd Church, and we should go over there and, and give it a shot. And we've been coming ever since. And I was actually the first person in my family to accept Christ in, into my heart. And soon after that, my mom and my siblings um, followed after that. And, and it's just been an amazing ride uh, with the Lord. And he's been so good to me and my family. And, I, you know, I thank you, Pastor Dudley. Like, you, you've literally helped me uh, become the man I am today. And um, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, the Lord put it on my heart to go to Bible college. And so I went to Ozark Christian College like you two. And uh, I'll be graduating this December. And so the Lord's just been really great, really great. And uh, it's just been an, an amazing ride with him. 
So let, let's go back and talk just for a moment about uh, the call of God upon your life. Uh, I, I know for a fact, and again, this is Dudley Rutherford at Shepherd Church uh, hosting the SoCal Live program here today, and I have a couple of 24-year-old young men in studio with us, and we're, we're just talking about, we're going to talk about, about how to reach your generation because, you know, I look, I look to what's going on in our country, and there are many times I feel, we'll, we'll get into this, where I, I just feel like we're lacking hope there's there's i feel like the country's going down the tubes i get real frustrated with it but i keep getting up every day serving my generation but i'm worried about the next generation we're, we're going to talk more about that but caleb go back to the call of god upon your life i know that i i know what happened in my life and again i'm 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 in my 60s i've been serving god i was in the ninth grade when god touched my heart and i might get into that but tell us how you got started as far as the calling to be involved in ministry yeah, it was interesting. I never wanted to do ministry. I, I loved the church, but I was like, that's what my parents do. I don't, I don't want to just follow the family tradition. But I went to a, a summer camp, and uh, at the summer camp, you were preaching, and you gave this visual. You said, if, if, you're, if everybody was in line for hell and your best friend was over there and they saw you in line for heaven, you were like, what, what do you think they would say? Do you think they would say, oh, like I get that you didn't want to offend me? Or do you think they would say, why didn't you tell me more? Why didn't you try harder? And that hit me really hard because my best friend at the time was an atheist. And we would, we would talk a lot. We would have those conversations. But I hit this point with him where I was like, I think I'm, I'm done trying. Like he's never, he's never going to, you know, he's never going to come to the other side. He's never going to understand and believe like I believe. But I heard that sermon and I just decided, man, if, if I believe this is real, that God is real, that he loves us, there's nothing more important to do in my life. And it was from that point on, I decided I go to Bible college, but I still was like, I'm going to go for a year. I want to, I want to do business. I want to make money. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to be a preacher. And so I went for a year, build a foundation, you know, for my faith. But when I went for the year, I fell in love with the Bible. I read through Acts for the first time all the way through. And I was like, that was awesome. All the things that happened, all the things that Paul did, getting bit by a snake and just being fine. And I just, I realized that I loved God's word and I wanted to study it. And from then on, I just kept walking through open doors. People said, hey, why don't you come preach here? Okay. I don't know if I can preach. I don't know if I'm good, but I'll go do it. And ever since then, doors have kept opening. And I think that's like the calling on my life is that I've chosen that I want to do ministry. And, and I just see God's call and, and uh, that he's just opening doors for me everywhere yeah. and leading me to where I want to go. So so you went to Ozark Christian College and yeah. got a degree. And, uh, and Derek, you're just about to finish up. What, tell yes, tell the listeners what you're doing uh, this very moment as far as you have a job at the church. What, what are you doing in ministry at age 24? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing youth ministry right now. So I work specifically with the 7th and 8th grade boys there. I, it's my job to know them well to know their names, to try to create a Wednesday and Saturday, those are our service days, that they want to come to. That is my responsibility, 7th and 8th grade boys. Um, so that's my main job over at Shepherd. And yeah. Derek? And I work with the high school department, so I work with uh, boys and girls, and we also work with uh, the college-age ministry, yes, our, our Shepherd Young Adults, that's on Thursday nights. And so if you know anyone from the ages from 18 to 25, uh, please come over to, uh, to Shepherd Church because uh, I work with those two ministries specifically, so college-age and high school. Yeah, this is Pastor Dudley Rutherford at Shepherd Church uh, here in the San Fernando Valley, and um, got a couple of young men here who are age 24, and as we, I'm, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, I've been here in the city of Los Angeles for uh, almost 35 years. I, I was actually, guys, I don't know if you know this, but I'm in my 60s, but I was in my 20s when I actually moved, when God called me to Los Angeles. 
and just placed a, a tremendous burden uh, to reach this city, and uh, always believing that if we could make a difference here in Los Angeles. And I, I speak to anyone who's listening, anyone who lives in this city, if you're a pastor, if you're a church leader, if you're a worship leader involved with the youth, or you're, you're just a, a layperson and you're involved in church. Another reason why you can't just sit at home and be... Th- and watch online. You've got to get in, into church and to participate and get involved because the church is the entity that that the Lord has called to be that light. And 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 I and so I've just I've just always been involved. I've been a church rat my whole life, or church mouse, however you want to look at that. But the two of you, when you you're young, you're in this city, uh, and you look at what's happening in our world and in our culture, and you. You're in more in tune with with young people in our city. What do you see going on in the lives of young people in this city as as a whole? I'm not talking about just necessarily the kids that are in church, but when you look at culture, when you look at the public school system, even kids in Christian schools, the private schools, what do you see going on right now in the lives of young people in this great city? Yeah, I, I would I would say I, I, I kind of look at it like the Book of Judges. And I don't want to be too extreme with that, but I, I, in that in that book, oftentimes we'll see a phrase called "everyone is doing right in their own eyes," and I think that's that that's fitting for our generation. I don't think we have an absolute truth, and so everyone's trying to to find their own truth, find their own way, do their own thing. And to me, whenever whenever you do that, you then become your own god. And I think that's a scary thought. Say, say that one more time. I want you to say when, that, explain when, that one more time because yeah, I, I think that is what's going on in, yeah. in a huge way in this city. When when there is no absolute truth, you then become your own god, and that's what young people are being taught. Yes, to just do whatever you want to do. Yes, and that's and follow that, your yeah. own urges, your own desires. Whatever whatever you think is right is right, and that's that's scary, right? And, and even even our hearts are deceiving, right? And 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 our and our thoughts and our desires. Uh, Jesus, Jesus calls us to, to uh, suppress that and, and to, to submit to holiness and godliness. And I think whenever we pursue our own truths, whenever we don't have a God that we serve, uh, it all comes, comes down to you. And we're flawed, sinful, broken people. And so if we place ourselves high on that pedestal, uh, that, that's, a, that's a scary place to be at. And so I, I think in that book, in the book of Judges, it's, it's everyone's doing right in their own eyes. And if you read the book of Judges, I don't know if any of you have ever read the book, it's a sad, dark book, very, very sad, um, and it's just people just governing th- themselves and, and trying to govern others. And um, but it, but the whole time, God is is, is trying to uplift and, and bring up people to serve that generation. And there's actually hope. There's hope at the end. Samuel is the last judge, and and through Samuel we find David, King David, and David is is the one who ushers in the Messiah, essentially. But when when we when we have no absolute truth. We're in a very scary place, a very lost place. Mm. And I, th- I think um, if you don't have someone that you serve, if you don't have someone that you, you trust with your whole life, that, that their way is the right way, that their way is the only way to eternal life, um, then it just becomes about you. And that's a scary place to be in. Yeah, Caleb, I want to hear from you on that same question and just offer up, if anybody wants to call and ask either one of these two young men a question, you can call us at 888. That's the first three numbers, 888 528 2557, 888-528-2557. I'd love to hear from you if you have a question uh, for one of these two guys. Caleb, when you look at what's going on in the hearts of young people today in our culture, what what what, what do you see? I see the same thing. Derek and I were actually, we drove here together, we were talking about it, and I, I see no absolute truth. It's People are choosing to do what they want to do, and if you 
it, it kind of, if you ask well, where the question, did, where does that come from? Where does that come from? I actually think it comes from so much information comes our way. So much information that we're always trying to figure out, is this true? Is this false? And I think it just comes down to, we, I mean, we've had phones since we were born. We, no other generation has been like that. Nobody else. And so we've had to develop a mindset that can go, that's true, that's false, that's true, in seconds. We can Google stuff. We get our, but so much is on Google and so many articles are thrown our way that we go, okay, that's, that's probably mostly true. That's probably mostly false. And so I just think it, it kind of has guided us through life to have this mindset. But when that comes to Jesus, it doesn't work. So if you go, okay, I think Jesus is mostly true or he's mostly false, either way, it doesn't work very good because Jesus says, I'm the only way to heaven. But if, if there's no absolute truth, like, then why does Jesus being the only way to heaven matter? It, it, it doesn't. You're not going to be on fire for God. You're not going to see God if there's no absolute truth. But I think it really does go back to us just trying to sift through all this information that gets thrown our way. Yeah, I, I know you guys uh, are young. Again, you're, you're like you're like babies, uh, uh, age, age 24, talking to Derek Lopez and Caleb Walden. Again, I'm Pastor Dudley Rutherford. You can get a hold of these guys on Instagram. I just posted a picture of us on my Instagram page, Dudley Rutherford. You can go there, and then you can contact these two gentlemen but you, you guys, I, I, I'm here representing kind of an older generation. Although I don't, you know, I'm, I'm 63, as I said, but the, the 60s is a new 40. You guys know that, right? I'm, I'm gonna be around for a while. But um, people that are listening that are in my generation, and I know this sounds so foreign to the two of you as young people in this city, but I remember being in elementary school, seeing the Ten Commandments on the walls of the public school. It was a public school and we had the ten commandments on the wall we used to have to line up out in the hallway to get into the classroom no you can't just go in the classroom you make you line up in the hallway and then and then you get to go in when everybody had been lined up and i remember being in that line and looking up and look, and reading those ten commandments and going and I, I, reading all ten of them so and then and plus i was raised in a christian home and so the 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 culture was not hostile to Christians back then, and we prayed in school. I'm in a public school. I remember doing. That. I remember in the fifth grade. You know, today they're they're doing all this uh, this transgender stuff, and they're 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 messing up with all the kids' pronouns. And and Governor Newsom is saying you have to have one aisle in every store where there's no blue and there's no pink. It has to be a transgender aisle. They they were and when I was in fifth grade they handed out a Bible the, the the Gideon stopped by the public school, and and handed us a Bible and I remember being in third fourth grade looking at those fifth graders with their Bibles thinking man I cannot wait till I get into the fifth grade, where I can get my own free Bible, man if you try to hand out a Bible today in a public school they would arrest you and throw yeah. you in jail but. I remember lining up in that high school I was lined up in the hallways of that high school. Looking up, because, you know, you, you, it takes a couple of minutes before you, everybody gets lined and just reading through that list. And that became a part of the teaching and the, the foundation in my life spiritually. And there is there is none of that going on in public schools today. Do you, do you guys see that? Do you know that? Do you hear that? I mean, is is, is, it, is Christian Christianity just totally hostile? Can to, I share? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I... I, my, 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 my parents were fortunate enough to put me in private school my whole life. And um, when I was a sophomore in high school, I moved to Los Angeles, California, and uh, I wasn't able to finish the rest of my semester. And so they couldn't put me in another private school. And so they placed me at North Hollywood High School um, for 40 days. And it was the biggest culture shock I've ever experienced in my life. 
I was I was blown away that no one was respectful to teachers. You know, you couldn't if I had a Bible out, it was weird. Um, again, there was no religion class. So they had to make up a class for me to, to get credits for. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, wow, like this is completely different than everything I've, I've grown up with. And it's it's sad. You know, it's it's extremely sad um, because if, if your child's not already on fire for the Lord, mm. if, if you're in that environment, um, you, there's either going to be two things. You, your strength is going to be uh, your faith is going to be strengthened or it's, it's you're going to lose it. And I think um, it's it's a terrible thing. And so that's why, like, you know, mom and dad's listening right now. Grandparents listening right now. Like, please do your best to disciple your kids. Well, please do your best to. Um, live a life that looks like the gospel. One of our, one of my our professors, his name is Michael DeFazio, brilliant, brilliant man, and he always says that the best case for the gospel is a life that looks just like it. The best case for the gospel is a life that looks just like it. And so, if you want to be faithful, start start with your home first, mm. because we can't always guarantee that this country is going to lead us that way, right? But if if we're if we're uh, obedient with the Lord, if we're faithful with the Word of God, if we're faithful in our journey with Him, and if we if we steward well. Naturally, we're going to give people a reason to believe. I used to work at uh, Coco's, Coco's Bakery on Sepulveda. All right. And uh, I was the dishwasher and the, the bus boy, and I would always finish really late. And one, one day my manager, and he knew that I, I served at Shepherd and I wanted to be a pastor, and he looked at me and he said, Derek, but what if, what if none of this is real? What, mm. what, if, what, if, what if God isn't real? What if heaven isn't real? Like, what if he did all this for nothing? And I remember looking him in the eyes and I said, it's not, it, it is real. I know it with all of my heart it is real. But even if it wasn't, I know that I didn't live life my own way. I know that I was good to others, and I know that I loved selplessly. Mm. Um, but, it, it, but it was because of the way I lived my life. It was because of the way I presented the gospel, not just through sermons, not just with anything, but it was, it was the way I lived my life. Derek, those are great words, and uh, we're going to take just a short break, and uh, we're going to come back. And I want to talk specifically. We're going to take a call here, but... I want you guys to address the issue of temptation that kids face today in our culture and how to overcome those temptations. This is Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, filling in here at KKLA on the SoCal Live Afternoon Show. And uh, please stay with us after this break. We'll be right back after just a brief word. It is Pastor Dudley Rutherford hosting SoCal Live here on 99.5 FM and also K-Praise, I believe. And uh, we're talking in studio with a couple of young guests. I mentioned earlier that you know, I've, I've been around the city of Los Angeles for 35 years. I'm getting ready to go to 40. Uh, and thank you, that's a long time to be serving as a, church, as a pastor of a church here in, in Southern California, the Great Shepherd Church uh, over in Porter Ranch, California. And you can listen to us each night here uh, at seven o'clock p.m. And uh, I, you know, I'm I'm a little prejudiced. I think we have one of the the best churches, one of the, one of the better churches. I, that's just my own opinion, and there'd be something wrong with me if I didn't think that. Can everybody say amen to that? Amen, amen, amen. amen. But uh, you know, I was looking at, and I, and I love these guys, Doctor David Jeremiah. I just he's one of the greatest Bible teachers in the, of all time, but he's 80 years of age. John MacArthur, he's age 82. And those guys might go to their 90, 95. I think John's dad preached till he was 90. Greg Laurie, 68. Franklin Graham, 69. And, and Jack Hayford is 87. Chuck Swindoll is 87. He's almost 90 years of it. My mom just celebrated her 90th birthday uh, up in Fresno. We went up there and had a big party. 
but I, I'm 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 concerned about the next generation. Um, Father Time is is uh, unrelenting. It, it, it's I mean, in the Bible, I want to read a couple of these verses in Psalm seventy eight. It says, um, "So the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children." Psalm Psalm seventy eight earlier says, "We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation." about the glorious deeds of the Lord and about his power and his mighty wonders. I love Deuteronomy uh, verse, chapter 11, verse 8, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds and tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. And I just feel like, I feel like, uh, you know, for 35 years, I've been, this is a crude way to say this, I've been preaching my brains out for 35 years. I mean, I, I walk off the stage, I'm just drained, just pouring out my heart and soul and trying to, I feel like I'm fighting the devil every Sunday, trying to get people to follow Christ. And I feel like I've served my, my own generation. That's what we're called to do. But we're, all supposed to, we're also supposed to teach the next generation. And you two guys here before me, uh, Caleb Walden, Walden and Derek Lopez, both age 24, you are the next generation. Caleb, you offended me earlier when you said you went to church for 15 years and you didn't. the sermons weren't reaching you. What were you doing for those 15 years? <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I don't expect anybody. But, uh, uh, you know, but, but here you guys are both young. You're 24. Somehow you caught that mantle. You caught that, that baton, so to speak, that... When I look at the two of you, I feel like I've kind of done my job uh, as far as I'm passing this baton to the next generation. But I, I look back at my son, and, and he, he, you know, he's just probably ten years older than you. When he was growing up, when he was in high school, there there really wasn't there, there wasn't anybody his age on fire for God. And I look at the two of you; you guys are on fire for God. And 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 how did that happen? And how how can we reach? your generation i guess that's the question because i i i don't think i don't think someone who's 70 or 80 or 90 is going to reach your generation that's not what the bible says it says you know to teach the next generation which i think i've done but then the mantle for is for you all to reach your generation in this city of los angeles and most of what goes on even on this radio station is really for the older generation if you think about it, if you if you really listen like i do to this this program which i love and that's who's primarily listening. I don't think there's many 20-year-olds listening right now. But the church, if we don't reach this next generation, then the church is going to die off, which we might be watching right now take place in a lot of our churches. If you walk in there and you don't see these young people and these young families. So so to tell our listeners, if you will, here, and uh, you can get a hold of either one of Derek or Caleb. Just You go to my Instagram page, Dudley Rutherford, and I just posted a picture of us. You can see how handsome these guys are. But uh, Caleb, why don't you talk just a minute about what are you doing to reach your generation? And eventually you're going to have to teach the next generation. You're not old enough to do that yet. Right now I think the burden on your heart is to reach the current generation, which is as lost is as lost as any generation we've ever had in this country. What I'm doing is I'm just trying to do what I saw you guys do. Okay. Is I looked at your life, Pastor Dudley's life. I looked at my parents. Mm. I looked at Dusty Frizzell. And I saw all these people who served God with everything. And then their lives were really good. 
their marriages were better than every everyone else's I was seeing. Their their kids grew up and their families loved each other. And I just thought to myself, that's what I want. Mm. I want that life. I want a full life. I want a good life. I think of John ten ten, where Jesus says, I came that you may have life and life to the full. I saw people living that out, living out life to the full. And I said, that's what I want. Mm. So I'm going to follow what they're doing. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to figure out how to live life to the full myself. How can I live, live the best life possible, have the best marriage possible? I got married a year ago. Um, just I want people to look at me and go, man, what are you, what are you doing that's different? But at the same time, I don't just want to live that life. I want to preach Jesus. I want to preach Jesus in everything I do. I want him to come up in my conversations. I want to be praising him in everything so that when they see me, they already know what I'm going to say. But I can just, you know, when they ask the question, explain it a little more and maybe have a chance to lead them to Jesus and lead them to follow his life. We're going to go to Steve, who's listening in. On uh, We want to take his call, and uh, he's just got a quick question for you guys. Steve, welcome to the SoCal Live, KKLA. Yeah, hi. Hi, everybody. I hope you guys are having a, a lovely uh, Thursday. We are, brother. Uh, it's, it's going great. Yeah. yeah, my question to you is, 24 years old, living happily ever after, what do you guys do when you're not in church? How do you handle temptation? And if there's a kid in high school and he's getting ridiculed and he's making being fun of and think maybe he's the baseball coach's kid, how do you handle that? Steve, that's a great question. I think... I think you, you endure, you you hold you hold fast. My favorite verse in the whole Bible is Revelation three eleven, and Jesus is literally telling a, ch- a church that's been persecuted, and he's saying, "I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have, so that no one will take your crown." And the reason that they hold that crown is because Christ has won the victory. He has defeated Satan. He's defeated sin, and, and we share in that victory when we believe in Him. And so, you know, for for young people, you're going to endure. You're going to be questioned. You're going to be ridiculed. I remember. Uh, it's I, tough. It's tough. It out is extremely there. tough. And I, I, just like Caleb, I got married this year, May 20th, uh, to my lovely wife, Monet. And I had so many people asking me, why are you getting married? Why are you getting married? You're so young. Live life. Explore. No, do this, do that, whatever. You know, why, why, are, you, why are you doing a church? You're never going to make money doing that. You know, all these things. And it's because I know the truth. And I know that my Savior is coming. Mm. And so because I know and because I've tasted the goodness of God, right. I don't want anything else. Right. Because I, I, I know what it means to be content. I know what it means to have a full life. I know what true joy is. I know what true peace is. And so I, I, I want to encourage all of you young people, I want to encourage this young man, just keep going. Give people a reason to ask why. You know, they might make fun of you now, but but, but years later, they're going to look back on that on your life and say, man, but, but he had so much joy and he had hope. And things didn't go his way, but that man was blessed, and 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 he he was certain, you know. And if we look at the disciples, and we look at the apostles, and all and all of our church fathers, they were persecuted, you know. Paul was beheaded, Peter was crucified upside down. Why did they do that? Mm. Paul, someone who is zealous on fire for like destroying the church, why did he do that? And then he goes and he flips, and he says, "No, but I'm I'm going to be an apostle to the Gentiles." Why did why did he do that? It's because he knew that Jesus was for real. It goes back to like that whole uh, mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis. Jesus is either Lord, lunatic, or liar. Mm. And so I ask you guys the same thing. Which, what do you believe Jesus to be? And if you truly believe Jesus to be Lord, let your life reflect that. Yeah. How, how would you describe the amount or measure of temptation that young people are facing in public schools today? Man, can I say one thing to that yeah, kid absolutely, real quick? Absolutely. Um, I just... When you're a kid, if you're getting made fun of or whatever you're going through, 
something about being a kid makes it feels like feel like it's going to be forever. Like mm-hmm. the way you're feeling right now, this is forever. And I want to encourage you, man. It's not forever. Amen. It gets better. There's hope. I don't know exactly what you're dealing with, but I promise you, man, it gets better and better if you keep following Jesus as you get older. So I would just encourage you with that. And in terms of what temptations we face, they're limitless, literally limitless because of the Internet. I remember talking to my dad, um, talking to some of my mentors, and they would talk about how when they were when they were my age or when they were in high school, like they had to go find a magazine and like go somewhere if they wanted to get into trouble and do all that. We just have to type on our iPhones five seconds. We can get we can any temptation we want is there um, for it's us. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It is. It is unbelievable. And so, and how I'm, does any young person withstand that temptation? Man, I you know Jesus Jesus quoted scripture. You know, when he was tempted by the devil three times, he just said, it is written. He had that in him. If you don't have the scripture in you, how are you going to withstand that temptation? Absolutely. And honestly, I would put that as number one. If you want to have something to fight against temptation, have scripture in your brain, inside of you. That's how you renew your mind. You'll be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Well, you can renew your mind by memorizing scripture and burning it into your brain. That's the best way to do it. Another tip i that has helped me deal with temptation is somebody somebody said be be prepared like know when you're going to be tempted even in that story when jesus uh, uh says the scriptures back it says that the devil left for a more opportune time to mm. come back at a better time That's, he was coming back yep and so i always tell people know what he always comes back yeah, but you gotta <laughs> you gotta know your opportune times like when is, when are you going to be tempted when is the devil going to try to get you and somebody told me it's remember halts Yes. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, sick. Stress and stress. Okay, hold on a second. We got to go to break here, but I, I want you. It's called HALT. Halts. 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 It's a, it's a, what is that? Is that an acronym? That, that, an acronym. that, that is a little confusing for me. You're going to explain that to us coming okay. out of this break. But uh, this is Pastor Dudley Rutherford on SoCal Live. I'm talking to Derek and Caleb, two 24 year old kids, and they're, they're, they're serving their own generation. And I'm here to learn from them. I'm here to learn what's going on in the hearts of young people. I think you'll be blessed. I, I want you to stay tuned. We're coming right back on SoCal Live on KKLA and K Praise. Oh, it is a new day and a beautiful day here in Southern in sunny Southern California, both San Diego and Los Angeles. You know, you realize how blessed we are to live in this city where we live. Oh, I know the taxes are bad, and I know the government is half crazy, but uh, there are a lot of lost people in this city. Uh, this is Dudley Rutherford, your afternoon host here on SoCal Live, and uh, I have in studio a couple of young, twenty-four-year-old. I don't want to say bucks, but uh, they're young. They're young kids that are going to make a huge difference in this city. And I look across this city of Los Angeles. I am. I make no apologies. I, I I believe that KKLA is one of the most important ministries in this entire city because you never know who's listening. And there are people that are listening right now. You know, no, on a on a regular basis, uh, you know, the church I think keeps getting older and older and older. And I'm in my sixties. We've talked about this today, and I wanted the listeners to hear uh, from a couple of young people because most times, as I look around in a lot of our churches, there aren't many young people. Uh, certainly, not many young people on fire for God. There's a lot of churches that have people in them 
but they're not what I call on fire for God, not not fully committed. And I'm looking, I'm sitting across the table here of two young men that truly love the Lord, and God has called them into ministry, and they are in the process of trying to reach their generation. And right before break, we were talking about withstanding temptation, and we were talking about how difficult it must be to be a young person in this city today. I can't even imagine. I can't imagine how difficult it is for young people. But we were talking about temptation, and you were doing this acronym. I didn't understand, but it was the word HALT. And it was like the word stop. I didn't yeah. know if you were saying Hulk, like Hulk mania, <laughs> but it's the word halt, like stop, halt, yeah. H-A-L-T. Now tell us, you're, you, this is an acronym to help you overcome temptation. Yeah, it's just like that story when it says Satan left for a more opportune time. These are your opportune times. These are when you're most likely to fall into temptation. And it's when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or stressed. And so that has been very helpful for me to just be self-aware, like, man, I'm I'm feeling a little hungry and angry right now. So I just need to be careful and be aware that I'm more susceptible to temptation right now. And it just helps you set up roadblocks, call a friend, uh, talk to your accountability partners. It kind of allows you to do that before you sin instead of after you sin because mm-hmm. it makes you aware when you're susceptible. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in when I was moving to California, just thinking about ministry and 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 I I don't think every pastor has the same passion and conviction for reaching one's city in which they live. I think there's a lot of people just going through the motions, but that that has never been me. Uh, every day of my life, I wake up and I look, I look across the city and I think, what do I need to do to help make a difference for God in this city? And I've always used the analogy of the dam that's getting ready to break. And you see these little cracks and the, the little waters seeping through the through the cracks in the wall and then the dam and it's going to break any moment and the guy goes up and he puts his finger to stop just what little he can stop and he, he might reach his next hand up and put his hand over here and i'm looking at this vast dam that is getting ready to break and basically destroy the city that 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 is beyond its walls and I've, I've always just been desperate for people to come up alongside me and join me in this effort. And when I look out and I see so many lackadaisical Christians, I, I mean, it, it, it beats me down. But think about how the Lord must feel. You know, if, if that's, my, if that's my, my earthly physical feeling, looking at the lostness of my city, and and then and then seeing the lack of, lackadaisicalness of people, and it breaks my heart. Imagine how that must break the heart of God. But but for some young, let, let's let's go by chance. There's someone. There's some young person listening today right now. Okay, or parent that's going to maybe get the podcast of this and play it for their young people. And they're in a school. In a sense, God placed them in that school to be the light, and that school is so backwards culturally and and lost and there's evil and there's drugs and there's cursing and there's immorality there is no godliness in that school and yet god has called that young person it might be it might be someone who's listening it might be the the child of someone who's listening or a grand a grandchild and that student walks in that school and feels all alone, like there's no one else in this whole school. There's no one else in this class. There's no one else on this sports team that's serving for God. And then the entire culture, that the dam is getting ready to break and wipe and, and wash over that school. 
how does how does a young person stand in that school for Christ and not not yield to that temptation live a pure life try to reach one person in that school now there's two and the two of you reach another now there's three how how does a young person do that in our culture today i want i, I want you to to remember that you are a walking living breathing missionary there's a there's a saying that I, I've heard a lot, and it's, you might be the only Bible someone ever reads, mm. the way you live your life. You might be the only Bible someone ever reads. And so what, it, what, what, what are you embodying? When people see you, what do they see? You know, I was, I was preaching this, this past week on Ephesians 4, and um, I was telling the kids, like, you have to be selfless. Because, like, when you, when you live a life of, of, of selflessness, like, people, people take note of that. Because we don't have a selfless generation. We have a selfish generation. And so I, I, I want you guys to, to remember, like, why, why are you doing this? Who, who goes before you? Who, who, the one who goes before you is, is the Lord. And he's you're not, you're with, not alone. He's with you. He's you with you in, in everything. And he wants to use you. He wants to use all of us. Every single person listening right now, I think there's a lot of scared people. That they're they're scared of what's going to happen. They're scared that their people the people will reject them. Scared that they're not going to say the right thing. I used to feel that same way, and I remember my mom. She looked at me in the eyes and she said, "Well, then, son, do it scared. Do it scared, mm. because God's with you." That is a good word. It is a good word, and I know that the Lord gave her that word, and that's like kind of like my like my life saying. Do it do scared. Do it scared. I'm I'm scared <laughs> talking to you guys right now on the radio, but guess what? I do it scared. You know what I'm saying? And and there's no there's no reason to fear. Why? Because God is not a God of fear. Mm. God is a God of confidence and peace, and He'll give you that strength. And you have to remember, you're not working on your own fuel. He gives you more than enough. He gives you the words. You might not know every verse, but He'll give you that one verse that'll speak to somebody. And so, everyone listening right now, please don't be scared, because there's a lot of scared people right now. And what we need is we need strong believers. We need people that want to fight for the church. They want to fight for purity. They want to fight for peace. And if you're scared, you know, you're going to be like judges. The book starts off that, that, that Joshua is leading the nation and they're doing well. And then the, the, when he passes, the, the nation that he discipled, they were good. And then the generation after that, they forgot who the Lord was. They forgot that the Lord was good to them, that the Lord brought them out of slavery, that the Lord provided for them. And and in the same way, if, if you don't look after your generation, if you don't do the good you ought to do today, and you don't and, and, and you don't take control um, of the flock Christ has entrusted you with, they're going to forget too. Mm. And so, don't be afraid. You're a watchman on the tower, but you're you're a watchman for the Lord, and He's with you, and He goes before you. And so, if if you're scared that you know someone's going to make fun of you or someone's not going to be your friend, that's okay. Because we'd rather win, we'd rather win Christ than anything else. Caleb, I would say there's a verse in Colossians four. I think it's verse two, where Paul says, "Will you just pray that God will open a door for me to share Him with these people?" And it is only God who can soften the hearts of those around us. We need to have conversations. We need to try. But I also think we can't discredit what prayer for those people can do. My best friend who's an atheist. I I'd, I'd had all these conversations with him. It wasn't until I prayed. The, I prayed for one day, every day for a week. And I went to his house that weekend. And he just said, hey, I'm a Christian again. I don't know that it was all the prayer, but I've seen prayer do amazing things in the lives of those around me. 
Yeah, you know, uh, again, this is Pastor Dudley Rutherford, uh, the SoCal Live Show, and I've I've got a couple of uh, young twenty four year old guys here that uh, love the Lord and our ministry. Grew up basically in this city. Uh, Derek, you grew up in L A. too. I grew up in the city of Miami. Miami, uh, Miami that's just as bad as L A. Brother, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but um, you know, I want to encourage people uh, when you walk into that school uh, and you're the only one, just know that that the Lord is with you. And if you are the only one, then be the only one and try to reach just one person, whether that's on your cheerleading squad or basketball squad, or if you're going to work and uh, you work for IBM or you work for some computer or you're a salesman working for a real estate company, walk in there and be what God has called you to be. We're going to take a short break. It's not going to be long. When I come back, we're going to really continue this discussion that we're having, but we're going we're gonna to get some, some other people here. I've got Lucy Williams who's coming in, and she is really an expert in raising difficult children. And, uh, again, I just kind of want to see our churches and people in the community. I want us to reach this next generation. And uh, Derek and Caleb, thank you for, for joining me here today. You can get a hold of them on my Instagram page, Dudley Rutherford. And uh, you can get a hold of them and, and maybe have them come speak at your church, have them come speak at your youth group. They'd even come speak at your, your school if you invited them to. But uh, these are a couple of young guys committed to reaching their generation. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22 to train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he's old, he will not depart from it. We're going to continue this discussion after the break. Uh, this is Dudley Rutherford with you on SoCal Live here on KKLA and K-Praise in San Diego. Thank you for joining us here today. And remember that and this is a, stay, a saying that we do on my program every, every night here on KKLA, that whatever you're doing and whatever, whatever you're doing and wherever you're going, don't forget to always lift up Jesus Christ. God bless you. And we'll be right back after this break. 